Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. of the Verbally Effective Podcast. Today is a special edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast because we are inside Casa Library and we have three amazing comedians sitting next to me. I'm going to introduce them right now, but I'm going to let all three of them get into you know their background and how they got to where they are today. To my right, your left is Skeet Carter. Yes, how you doing? How you doing? I'm great, I'm great. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I ain't been a library... Uh, since I was a kid, you know, so yeah. it says a lot about me. Yeah, you know, uh, this is a non-traditional library. We do creative I, things here. I see. This is very nice. We were really thinking about coming back, you know, okay. without you. We just went Fix it, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What it's I mean? Good, okay. Right. Yeah, you can do that. Also, okay. to the uh, left of me, to the right of you, yes. I have the amazing, beautiful Coco Brown. Hey, sister, how you in doing? The building. What's good. Up? I'm good. Thank What's you up? so much for agreeing Absolutely. to come Absolutely. Absolutely, honey. I, yes. I support my sisters so yes. it's an honor to be here I thank you for having you. me yes and over here my my good brother big vino how you doing good to be What's here up, big vino? thank you for having me um unlike my friend skeet here i've been in a library recently that's how i was effectively able to release myself from prison through an appeal oh, so really? no i'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> no he ain't okay go ahead no he ain't <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna start over here with skeet tell me how you got into comedy um stand-up comedy i've been doing it for 13 years i i was a barber uh before i started doing comedy so i was the guy in a barber shop talking trash um all the time and, um i used to cut with 40 40 is kevin hart's brother mm-hmm. and while i was in the shop i didn't really have a relationship with kev but everything that i was doing he was like man this is just kev all over again and mm-hmm. i'm like what do y'all keep saying what does that mean Around that time is when Kev was really taking off. So I was like, oh, that's what he's doing. Oh, he's starting to get famous. He's doing this, that, and the mm-hmm. third. Found that I had a child on the way. I said, well, I need to do something in my life to, you know, move to the next level. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try this little stand-up thing. And um, I wrote for um, jokes for about three months. And my son was due to be born on March 12th. I put a show together on My March. birthday. Oh, yeah, really? Look yes, at that. Look at yes. that. We, we was talking earlier. See, I knew we had a connection. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> March 6th is when I put a show together. I, used, I previously was a promoter in the city of uh, the Tri-State, so I had a, a nice following. Mm-hmm. I did my show. I had 300 people show up. And um, the feeling or, or the response I got from being on stage was like, oh, this is magical. And I, that's when I was bit with the bug. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I think I want to do this for the rest of my life. And um, I think real quick, um, I think one of the jokes I did, this is how I know I wanted to do comedy. So it was a guy named Gotti in the barbershop, a little short guy. And every time he come in, we used to do jokes back and forth. He like, well, he'll win some days, I'll win some days. <laughs> so I waited until I got on stage. I said, I'm going to get him the days. A room full of people here, 300 people. And I was like, man, go my man Gotti. Uh, you know, stand up, Gotti. Let the people see you. He stood up, but he's so short, like he's still sitting down, right? And so <laughs> I was like, it's my man right there. I shook his hand. I was like, I remember when I thought I almost lost Gotti. Gotti got into a car accident. 
And he was like, Skeet, get down, hurry up, man. You got to get to the hospital. Because Gotti was in a car accident. I get to the hospital. I say, hey, um, I'm here to see my friend Gotti. They was like, little Gotti? I was like, yeah. They was like, oh, yeah, they sent him to Children's Hospital, right? Not <laughs> so the Children's Hospital. The whole crowd goes crazy. The mm-hmm. It was like, and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I, I, mm. this is crazy. <laughs> I said, oh, I killed you, Gotti. I said, you'll never win again. Like, mm-hmm. But the response, the, 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 the rumble, the everything that I felt, I was like, I want to do this, and I, I've been doing it ever since, man. It's Thirteen mm. years. Thirteen years. So, did you jump in uh, before the social media craze, or you were? Yeah, already? I'm just stand. I'm a, I'm a original. Stand I'm a stand up comic. I just okay. started doing social media. It's, it's part of the mm-hmm. what we have to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a partner, of, a manager of mine, Charlie Mack, said he said you you keep saying that you're a comedian and you don't want to do social media. He was like, um, he said, uh, uh, Will Smith is one of the biggest actors in the world. I said, he had to jump on social media. So what makes you think that you don't have to? So I was like, hmm. So I had to bite the bullet and, you know, really start figuring out what can I do. Be comfortable with it. You know, I want to be, I don't want to be looking like a clown on social media and doing other stuff. But what can I be comfortable with? And it definitely shows value because it helped me a lot tremendously, you know, on social media. And so now people, mm-hmm. you know, I get hundreds of people coming to see me in different cities and stuff yeah. like that. So it's a blessing. Yes. Ski Carter from Philly. Okay, Coco mm-hmm. Brown from hey. Virginia. Yes, bad news, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us how you got started in comedy because I know, um, you know, you've had quite a different journey um, mm-hmm. than Ski. So let's talk about well, I'm 26 that. years in. 26? Yeah, uh, and I don't know. It's like I think a good 12, it was a blur. Um, Because it was just the grind. But I got into comedy through a friend. I never, ever had thought about being a comedian. I just, if you talk to my friends, I've always been the one that kept them laughing. Mm -hmm. I was always the chick that all the guys wanted around. And it was funny because there was a time that they kept saying, you know, Coco might be a slut. You know, because Mm -hmm. all the guys always wanted me around. And they was like, why is she always with the dudes? But they kept me with them because I kept them laughing. They just, I was like one of the guys. I was really kind of a tomboy. Okay. But because they saw me, I was with the guys. They thought that I was, no, never was I. And these, some of these guys are still some of my best friends to this day. So one of my homeboys um, knew Chris Paul, who used to be on the Time Joiner Morning Show with Huggy Lowdown. He was having a barbecue. I had just graduated college. I was working a corporate job at Ringling Brothers mm-hmm. um, in advertising. And he invited me to a barbecue at Chris Paul's house. And I was just being me. And at the end of the night, his manager, Pop Thomas, came up to me and said, you ever thought about doing comedy? And I was like, no. You know, but I had done theater before. You know, I did my first play when I was 10 in the fifth grade. And he was like, you know, you're funny. You're naturally funny. You should come to my open mic, come to my comedy club, because he had a comedy club in Maryland where I was living. And I said, okay, you know, I went to scared of a stage. And because I had come up, you know, watching the evolution of, you know, Def Jam, Comic View, seeing stand-up comics on your TV every Friday, Saturday night, I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm, I'm an actress. I minored in theater. I can do this. Ha! Little did I know, comedy <laughs> is an art form. Stand-up is okay. an art form. So I got on stage just trying to talk through some things or do jokes as I thought. I thought I called myself writing material. And the audience is staring at me like I have two heads. No. And I was... I panicked, and I said, well, forget y'all, I ain't got to do this, I work for the circus, and the crowd busted out laughing, and I said, oh, no, I ain't out here juggling monkeys or nothing, and I'm just doing me, and the crowd is going crazy, and I'm like, oh, I said, oh, oh, y'all think I'm in there with, I'm a clown, I ain't hopping out no car, like, you know, <laughs> da, da, da. I said, I do advertising, so I'm telling, I'm really being real, but the audience is cracking up, so when I came off stage, I ended up meeting my mentor, um, Darcel, the fat Dr. Blegemon, God rest his soul, who had mentored, like, 
Martin Lawrence, Donnell Rollins, Tommy Davidson, all anybody worth their salt that came out of the DMV DC area mm-hmm. at some point had went under the tutelage of Fat Doctor. And he was in the audience and when I came off stage, he said, Yo, come here. And I was like, Yeah, and I recognized him from Dev Jam and I was like, Wow, you know, I remember you, I remember you, you know, la la. And he said, You just learned something on that stage. It usually takes most comics a decade to understand. Mm-hmm. And I said, What's that? He goes, What's real is what's funny. Mm. He said, when you got real, he goes, that's when you had the crowd in the palm of your hand. He goes, and you have a natural ability to have timing. Because the way you were saying that stuff, I would have thought you were seasoned. He said, you you just weren't spitting it out. It's like you knew when to take a moment, pause, bring it out, lay in this punchline. I'm watching a natural comic mm. in my face. I said, oh, wow. So he took me under his wing, taught me the game, took me on the road, you know, taught me the business, taught me how to write a bit, taught me about setups and punchlines and callbacks and, mm. you know, and bait and switches and all that stuff. And most of these new comics have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm. But that helped me, you know, uh, make a set. And then, you know, just went on, one DC Comedian of the Year, only two years in the game, you know, and I've just been going at it. And then, of course, that transitioned into me doing TV and film, moved to L.A. in 2003, um, you know, got hooked up with Tyler Perry, worked with him six years, you know, got hooked up with John Singleton and Ryan Murphy. It's been it's been a, a, a journey because there are people that don't know I'm a comedian. They think I'm just an actress. Really? Because I've done, I guess, a lot of TV and film, mostly TV. Yeah. And when they see me tell jokes, they, always, they come to my shows, I didn't know you were a comic. And I'm like, yeah, I've been a comic for a long time. But then there are also people that know I'm a comic and, um, you know, uh, uh, an actress as well. And then they're about to see I'm a triple threat because I'm about to release a Southern Soul album. Okay. <laughs> you know what? As I'm sitting here <laughs> listening to you. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, I was, I, was, I did, I did musical theater. Yeah, you know, give me a, give me a do re mi, give me a song. Do re mi. Trust me, I ain't even trying to hit the note. I'm just being funny, but no, you know, um, um, uh, you know, it's like I just, uh, it's other soul just cracks me up, mm-hmm. and you can say some of the realest stuff, and I ended up hooking up with. Uh, you know, one of my friends, uh, James Worthy, not the basketball player, but the Grammy-winning producer, music okay. producer. And he was like, you want to do one? I said, yeah. And we were playing, and then I realized, ooh, maybe we should do this. Come on, triple threat. So I'm about to be a triple threat. You know, I'm excited it. about that. I yeah, I've been kind of keeping that on the low, but, I'm yeah. dancing back up. Yeah. Okay, you going to be back up for me? I'm, you know? I'm backup dancer. Cool. Okay, back up. Dancer, not a backup singer, a backup dancer. 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 Big yeah. Vino, how did you get into comedy? <laughs> um, well, I'm actually, uh, I was, I'm the baby of the bunch first. You're the baby? <clears throat> yeah, I've only okay. been doing comedy. Uh, this February will make seven years for me. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm actually just a story of redemption. Just like, like you ain't locked into your circumstances. Because I was a dope dealer. <laughs> I was in he these was streets. He was a real Biggie Smalls. Okay. Yeah, I was in these streets. I was... <laughs> I was I was a guy you if you met me in a in an alley you you try to make make it right you know so I, I had a crisis of conscience one night and I said you know I got to I got to get out of what I'm doing I was living in North New Jersey that's where I'm from born and raised and I just dropped everything gave it all up and moved to Virginia and <laughs> said uh, let's start over let's try reset mm-hmm. and I tried to get a job you know I had a little bit of money. From the game, you know, I put that into, you know, investments for myself and then Don't said, let's get a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Allegedly. 
This is all allegedly. But uh, I tried to get a good job so I can get some benefits, you know, join the workforce, and it just wasn't working for me. That I used to, I used to clean buildings, and and they, I used to bust a sweat like a hard sweat, like to the point where I had to bring a change of clothes because I sweat so hard. And that man told me I wasn't working hard enough. He said, you, 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 I need you to do this job faster. You're taking forever to do it. You're not working. You're not moving fast. I said, bro, I'm doing the best I can. You know what? This, this probably ain't going to work. And I quit. And I said, you know what? I think I'm about to get back into the business because I need this money. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking with a friend, you know, telling him, you know, what was going on. And he reminded me of a time where I, I joked my way out of a gunfight. <laughs> it, really? it, was, it was some discrepancies about misappropriated funds. And, you know, I may have been in the wrong and I may have had to face some consequences. Okay. So I made a joke and the guy was like, man, I can't do that, man. You go shopping for my mama when I and we laughed and I'm still alive. So. Okay. <laughs> so you he's like, funny, yeah, yeah. No, well, I had to keep a stoic face. But if you go with me in good spirits, you know, at the bar, we was. Shots on the bar. It, it was good times. Always, I know how to hold court in a bar, and then that's how it kind of translated. I was like, comedy might be a thing. It's the same lifestyle. You're drinking up late. You know, it might be a little drug use. <laughs> <laughs> it, it translated. It was the easy transition. Another, another so. gift. Another gift. Yeah. So I decided to try it. And so I, I walked into the local club, and my, um, I was in Virginia Beach. And I went into the Virginia Beach Funny Bone for the amateur competition. And I said, sign me up. And I made the show. And it was 250 people in the building that night. Mm -hmm. And I did okay. I did very well. Like, I did so well that I ignored the light because it was feeling good. (laughs) So I I got disqualified that night. But everybody was like, yeah, that's what you because I ran the light. You that's a no-no. Light. That's a sin we, in comedy. They give you a light in comedy to let you know that your time is almost oh, up. Okay. And if you go past that light, past your time, it can be detrimental. It, it'll be a problem. Yeah. In a professional setting, you'll find yourself out of work. In this setting, because it's amateur, you just disqualify from the competition. You're not going to win. Mm-hmm. But I won the crowd. Mm-hmm. The crowd was with me at that point. And I said, oh, this is this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. This okay. is... Similar ski. This is this is what I need to do. And then the next guy behind me got booed, and it was like, "Bring back the fat dude." Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> was it shirt? Did you sweat when you was up there? No, I had. Well, I did. I had a. <laughs> I had a velvet long sleeve button down. Velvet. I was. I was velvet and, and a and a Kanglo. <laughs> I, I still got that on DVD. You were sweating at the job. I'm like, did you put that same amount of work? He was up there looking like a washed up rapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and you're still in the game seven years. And I'm still in the game seven years later. You know, I made my bones. I finally won the competition. The club threw me in the rotation. Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, start working with some some notable people. And Coco caught side of me one day. Yeah. yeah, Coco said, you know what? You're working with something. Why don't you? Take a ride with me for a little bit. Let's talk about something. Let's, I said, let, let's talk about that though, real fast. Why you saying that? So Coco is responsible for a lot of young comments uh, to work on the road. I mean, like okay. you start at home, you start in your hometown. That's pretty much where you got to build your own rapport, your fan base, your thing. And it's kind of I'm gonna, not going to say it's easy, but we all can do that. I can. I got Philly on. You know, that's that's my town. Philly on lock. Tri-state. That's I could do that all day long. I think it was Baltimore. I don't know what the. 
First of all, I don't know if this story is even, I don't even know how this works. I see, in my mind, I saw you in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. We, I was, me and Teray was on, we was doing shows together. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving the green room. I don't know, what, did we have a Sunday or you, something where we crossed paths? And he was like, hey, baby, um, I was trying to get in touch with you. I was like, me? He was like, yeah, I wanted you to do a show for me or with me or a feature or something. I was like, mm-hmm. I said, I ain't get no call, but I mean, when, when you need me, I mean, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then we did a show, whatever. That one show turned into two years. Uh, in two years of working, I'm talking about fr- uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, six shows a weekend. Uh, we going to state to state. I did Talk every comedy. You cl- I did every comedy club mm-hmm. from the Funny Bones to the the uh, what's the other one? Improvs. Improvs. We did everything no. because of her. I did. So I got yeah. to get. I was I was funny, but I got to per- perfect my craft and mm-hmm. become a monster with working with someone like her. Mm-hmm. So she don't have to do that. That's number one. Um, number two, I'm I'm me. I'm Ski Carter. You you did that for what? Kevin Hart. Kevin used to open for me back in the day, Kevin way back Martin, in the day. Go ahead, name, name the people that, yeah. that you did. Who you put on? Like, we'll it's just the opportunities. You get opportunities Let's see. So, so, so Korean, Steve Carter, let me see, Trey Williamson, uh, Desi Banks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just people that I looked out for, you know, but I, 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 I do that because if it wasn't for the fat doctors, the JB Smooths, the talents, the Freddie Ricks, when I was coming up, that took me on the road with them, taught me the game, were not intimidated when I was getting better and better. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted me to get better and better. And then they also made me. You know, they kicked me out the nest and made me go fly on my own. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I've continued in my career when I see a young comic who's got the potential that understands that I need you to do this amount of time. Do you. Don't be up there doing my jokes, anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Learn this business. Man my you know, merchandise table, learn how to merchandise, learn how to set your table up, see what sells, see what doesn't sell, learn this game. And then, you know, I tell people, I give them about anywhere from, you know, 12 to 12 months to about 18 months to two years. And then I'm kicking you out the nest. It's time for you to fly. And everybody I've done that with, they have gone on to fly to great, you know, great limps and, you know, heights. And um, people always say, well, you always put fire. You put you put very good comics in front of you. Good. I don't want anybody that I have to watch on stage. Mm-hmm. I need you to go up there and set me up lovely. You create the wave. I come out with my surfboard. You know, I know what I can do. And then that may sound cocky, but, you know, you could put me up against anybody. Okay. I do feel that way. True. That yeah. You could put me up against anybody. True. And I'm going to either hold my own or I'm going to transcend. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not worried. I want fire in front of me. Mm-hmm. If you look at the people that I've had on the road with me over the years, you know, I want heat in front of me mm-hmm. because it makes me look like Jesus when I come up there. Okay. Because they're going to be like, oh, she can't follow him. And then when I do and rip it, they're like, oh, wow. Now, it's also a curse and a blessing because mm-hmm. it keeps me off tours. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Would you prefer to be on tour? I, it's it's cool when you can make a certain amount of money for 15 minutes of your time. Yeah. But then when you get kicked off the tour because in that 14 minutes, 59 seconds, you're the only one getting to stand and yeah. <laughs> Then all of a sudden you become a threat. Mm. So that's the, that's the, we were talking about this in Cracker Barrel. We were doing an Instagram live yesterday, you know, all hanging out, having conversations. And we've all at some point been kicked off of a tour because we were too good. 
And and what was the excuse for the promoter to kick you off the tour? Oh, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. Too, doing too much. He, the headline ain't trying to work that hard. Oh. I want to work hard. Okay. Because to me, in my mind, I still haven't made it. I don't know how that is, but it's Triple just... It's, it, honestly, I'm working. I'm comfortable. I'm good at what I do. You know, um, all of that... But in my mind, I still have another level to achieve. Mm -hmm. There are different levels for me, and I still feel like there's levels to achieve, especially when I see people getting to those levels, and I'm going to keep it 100. They ain't as good as me. Okay. So me, I know I've got to put the work, so put the work in. Let me ask you this, Coco. Does it have to do anything with you being a woman? Does of course. Feel that way? Of course. Well, let's talk about some of the stigmas with female comics because we kind of hinted a little bit on yeah, the morning show yeah, we didn't get to go into that. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Well, and, and, and I went through that phase mm -hmm. too, but I don't do it anymore. But most female comics, they say, are not funny. All they talk about is D mm -hmm. or P or sex. Mm -hmm. um, they have no range. Um, they say if they are funny, they must have slept with somebody mm -hmm. or got somebody writing for them. Um, you know, they tend to like the cute, unfunny ones. Hmm. And then they gas them up to think that they're more than what they are. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you are somewhat attractive and funny as doo-doo, you've got to really work your own lane, especially if you're not sleeping with them. You know, it is... I hate to say it, there are some female comics that I know more about their sexual organs than I do their jokes. Wow. Because I've gotten to the point that I'm big sis, I'm auntie, I'm mother in the business. Mm -hmm. So I sit in the green rooms and I sit in these cars on the way to shows and these comics feel very freely to talk about. And I'm sitting in there like, and I be wanting to grab my sisters and saying, baby girl, that's not the rep you want. But then they look at me like a hater. Mm -hmm. I'm bitter if I'm trying to tell you, check you or, you know, give you some motherly, sisterly, auntie advice. But... The biggest stigma with female comics, especially black female comics, is that we're not funny and all we talk about is sex. Um, and I just literally had a conversation with uh, Tina Graham, who's like considered the godmother of comedy because she was one of the founding members of Deaf Comedy Jam. And she was telling me that she said, Coke, I've been following you for years. She said, and I'd be using you as an example to some of these female comics. If you want to study somebody who's mastered being a comedian and doesn't have to talk about sex, you need to go watch Coco Brown. Okay. And I said, wow, really? She said, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I went through a filth floor and filth phase, too. My whole set at one point was, I suck it and I do it and I kick it and I kick it and I take it and I suck it. And I <laughs> but, what made you stop? What made you stop doing that? Honestly. it probably worked. Let me it tell you. Let me tell you. Worked. Something very simple. I was doing a show in D.C. Ripping the room. All sex jokes. I had one that was just really raunchy like you couldn't pay me to tell it now but it got me it got me my first standing ovation <clears throat> and I remember I looked over and it was Big Tigger mm -hmm. and he was looking at me with sheer disgust mm. I'll never forget that look he had on his face and something in me just was like oh no I can't no like if something hit me and then I realized Girl, you better than this. Mm -hmm. This is not who you are. You're being, and that's with any comic. Let me tell you something. Any comic say that they didn't emulate somebody they admired them first five or so years in the game is lying. Mm -hmm. 
When I first was in the game, I was baby Samoa, baby Monique, baby Adele, because I admired these sisters. And I wasn't doing their material, but I was emulating them because I admired them so. My mentor told me, Fat Doctor told me, you would not find your own voice to you at least a decade in. I thought he was crazy, but I promise you around year number eight, my voice began to come out. I began to realize who I was. I'm a Jack and Jill kid. Mm-hmm. I grew up in cotillions, debutantes, high tees. I went to elocution school. Come on now. Okay. And then for me up there talking like I'm some project hood rat, mm-hmm. you know, and that's nothing against any other female comic. It's just I was emulating what I thought the audience wanted and I wasn't being true to me. Mm-hmm. Now I can go on stage and I can let you know in my jokes and still be funny that I have a master's in secondary education. Please don't play with me. Mm. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, you know, I've worked on, I'm on a board. I'm on multiple boards of organizations that help young girls, that mentor young girls. Like, don't get it twisted. You know, Coca Brown is Coca Brown, but Farrah Brown is even more of a beast. Farrah Brown. You know what I'm saying? So, on business, baby. On business. So, I think that's the biggest stigma. But now that I've found my voice, it's funny because Tina was saying now there are people trying to emulate me. So that when you get to a point that now you're the blueprint Mm -hmm. and people are trying to be you, even though it's kind of jacked up, especially if they're doing your material, but it also is a sign of flattery because you never developed a voice that's distinct and now people are trying to be you. Mm. Wow. So I take it kind of as a badge of honor, honey, and plus I change my material so much. Keep up if you can. Have you ever wanted to quit? Absolutely. I wanted to quit last night. Last night? Last night. In Memphis? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Um... I was sitting in the room and I just felt, because I think what it is for me, I know that there is a chapter that I'm entering into and for the first time in my life, I'm not sure exactly what that chapter is. I was very sure when I went to college what I wanted to be. I was very sure when I decided to leave corporate and become a comic. I was very sure when I left DC and moved to LA to pursue acting. This is the first time in my life I'm not sure what that next chapter is. There's so many branches now of different lanes I could go in, and I don't know which one it is. And so sometimes it affects my passion on stage, and I just don't feel like my mojo's kicked in. I don't feel like I'm centered, I'm present, I'm going through the motions for them audiences because I can. You know, timing and delivery is like breathing to me. My jokes, I've probably got six hours of solid material in my head. You know, and so, but I know when I'm not committed to that moment. I know when my mojo's off. I know when I'm not present. I'm just going through the motions to give the people what they want. And then I come off the stage and I feel bleh. New heights, new heights. But I feel like, you know, it's just for the first time. And at this point, I have to listen. Mm -hmm. I got real quiet in 23 and say, God, just speak to me Mm because I know that you're taking me somewhere. But for the first time in my life, I don't see the destination. I said, but so, so last night, yeah, I went through a phase where I was like, maybe it's just time for me to walk away and just sit still and let the Lord tell me. But then, you know, I woke up this morning and got a call from a young comic and they wanted some advice and I'm on the phone being mother, auntie, like, okay, baby, no, do this, baby. Okay, we'll do this, baby. And I said, no, your your job ain't done here yet. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. I don't know where I'll be in the next three to five years. Just listening to you, you've built such a huge brand. There are so many directions you can take this at this point. Yeah, I got a whole, I can go teach right now. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I was like, you know, a part of me has been contemplating going back to school, getting my doctorate, and going to child psychology. Mm-hmm. Because it bothers me that we have so many jacked up adults because they didn't get fixed as a child. Mm. Okay. So 
it's I'm all over the place. I want to finish writing my book. Yeah. You know, I want to write some screenplays. I was talking to Big Vino about a screenplay. I want to collaborate with him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's so many directions. You know, it's always been tunnel vision, which direction I was going in the past. And for the first time in my life, it's like a tree with so many branches that I don't know which branch to walk on. Yeah, but that's a good problem to have. Yeah, just... Asking yeah. for clarity. Yes. That's oh, all. Amen. amen. <laughs> now, you spoke about advice, giving advice. Uh, Skeet and Vino, tell me, what's the best comedic advice that you guys ever received or just gained in this business? Um, the best advice um, that I received with uh, performing, um, I was pulled in a green room by a, a big comic, um, and he's like, he said, Skeet, man, you're funny as hell. He said, but you're all over the place. Hmm. See what you mean? He said your jokes is everywhere. He said, structure your set where it everything's connected. It works. It flows that way. You ain't saying this, and why you talking about this, and then at the end you talking about that again, or you talking about something in between it. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. So when I realized that I can now structure my set, and maybe I may create a joke, come up with a joke today, and it's about such and such. such, and such. I'm like, oh, that topics go. It goes right here in the beginning with mm-hmm. the stuff that I already have. So mm-hmm. now it makes it more compact and compound mm-hmm. and I could beat a joke up more without leaving meat on the bone and mm-hmm. as a, an audience you're looking like oh man he's like flawless it just makes you look mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. packaged and put together so mm-hmm. that's something that I learned and now I see young comics <coughs> look at me and be like man you <laughs> but that was the information that I received and, and I'm able to deliver that way so that's okay mm-hmm. what about you Vino um uh, I think some of the best advice I ever got was from my homie uh, Stevie J out in L.A. And he said, I'm going to give you some advice. Don't take no advice. Mm. And in, in saying that, he was saying, there are going to be people in this game who give you advice and tell you how you should do things, how you should move. And real talk, you're up there selling you. You have to be you. You can't have people dictate how you present yourself. They can, they can, you know, say, hey, you know, that might have rubbed people wrong, but don't let them sway who you are or change what makes you inherently you because that's the thing that's working on stage. Mm-hmm. And just be mindful of that when people come to give you advice because, you know, there are haters at times. The and they will give advice. Yeah, they'll give you advice to set you up to fail. Oh, yes, just to set yeah. you up to fail. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you, hey, don't do that no I've more because it. that's killing and it's making their game look weak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I had people tell me, don't curse, don't be, don't address who you are as a person. Who I am as a person is why these jokes are mm-hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. You're telling me to, to calm down key points of my character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's supposed to be formulating the entertainment that I'm bringing to you. So, yeah, that was good advice. Like a new comic to like get on stage and be themselves. Is that? Yeah, that's what when she says. Well, no, the first five years you're literally emulating who you admire. You know, that's why people were saying he was like Kevin, and I was being called a baby Monique and a baby Adele and a baby Samore. I've been called baby Corey, baby Patrice O'Neill. Yep. I've been called all of that. And then one day, if you stay the course and learn this craft, it stops. And then you start hearing people say, yo, I saw this comic. They were trying to be you. Mm. And that's when you know you've evolved. Wow. How do you guys handle a tough crowd? We have. <laughs> you mean like three of them we had this weekend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I had to call somebody down. I had to call somebody down last night. Baby. <laughs> oh, man. Look, I don't want to get too vulgar on your platform, but. Okay. 
<laughs> she was. She was. You know, let's just say that she was happy to be there, but she didn't realize every time she jumped up and ran across the room like she was in church, it was distracting. Okay. <laughs> like, girl, we are not at the Pentecostal was church she really? right now. I mean, I love Birth the fact that. She, oh yeah, I'm glad that she was feeling what I was saying and feeling. What you, but when I say she would just jump up, oh hallelujah, oh praise God, and we're like, girl, this is not church. Like, I'm cursing. <laughs> but, like security. Yeah. I didn't even. I wanted. Was drunk. Yeah, I know who you talking about. Oh yeah. my god! No, she didn't start talking until I got up there. I yeah. was why I was so shocked. I'm like, she stays quiet through skeet. She stays quiet through the soul. She stayed quiet through chestnut. As soon as I get up there, that's when she started talking. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, okay. I get like, it. don't be loud having whole conversations at the table. <laughs> like, phone just ringing. Phone just ringing. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Hold on, he telling the joke right now. Hold on. Mm. <laughs> Listen, girl, he funny. And it's like you're forced to bust them out. Is that right? Well, you have to. And then the ones who like to get up and try to walk out your show, and then they want to make noise when they walk out because you don't hit a nerve. Because trust mm -hmm. and believe, the whole audience is laughing, so obviously I hit a nerve. It's like a child. You got to pop them on the hand. You're doing wrong. Stop. Shut up. Like, hey, I saw I hit a nerve. All right. You got to talk to the security through your jokes or through on stage like, yeah like, seriously before they come over here like but you really telling them to come over here yeah <laughs> like up. security you don't want to be like yo listen shut the hell up at my show because now you changing the energy in the room uh -huh. so you got to talk in code like to the management and security like get her out yeah. of the show right yeah like, i just realized that these new comedy crowds are not trained like the ones I came up in. Mm -hmm. The ones I came up in were Def Jam crowds, yeah, Comic respectful. View crowds. They were respectful. They knew their lane. I'm in the audience. You're on stage. Somehow, I don't know if it's because of the whole Will Smith slap. I don't know. <laughs> These new people in the audience think that we need them to interact with us to make us funny. Yeah. No sugar. Yeah. We're proven comedians. Mm -hmm. Or you need to come up on stage because I've hurt your feelings and you want to come up there and try to touch me. No, I will bust you with this mic stand. Like, <laughs> a lot I, of us are. I blame these crowds. Crowd work specials. Mm. No offense to them, they're they're funny material, good stuff, but it encourages the crowd to talk. Like if that's not what I'm trying to do, then don't do that. You blame who again? It, crowd so, work comedians, comedians that only do jokes that have to apply to people in the audience. They have to talk to people okay. to get their jokes out. Gotcha. They can't just get up there with a microphone and give you material that makes people laugh. They have to incorporate the audience for their jokes to work. Gotcha. Yeah, and if you yeah, can't gotcha. do it, oh, yeah, gosh, yeah. It. If you can't do it by yourself, then this is. And I love how we say this is a solo sport because when you up there, it's you and the microphone, mm -hmm. and you have to work it out because it's a big difference than you at the at the barbershop or on the block at the water cooler. Like, yeah, it's funny because again, it's crowd work because you're incorporating all your friends into it. Mm -hmm. But when it's just you and them. And then they're actually just sitting there quiet, waiting for you to say something. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different, it's a whole different mm -hmm. animal. Yeah. Let me tell you that 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 shed light on a lot of comedians during the pandemic, mm. because a lot of us stayed working because we were able to tell jokes on Zoom. Mm -hmm. But if you need an audience for your jokes to work, you is struggling. Mm -hmm. That's when you start seeing a lot of comics put out them goofy videos. You know what? Something else I want to hit on is the inequities with pay in the entertainment business because we're seeing so many people come out and expose the entertainment business as a whole. You've seen it with Taraji P mm -hmm. coming out. Monique started first. Okay, good. Ahead. Monique did start it first. You're she, right, but I don't know why we they didn't just didn't listen like her. to her. They didn't like her delivery. They didn't like her That's delivery, cool. and she, she had some heavy thing. hitters she was going up against. Mm -hmm. Your, your Tyler's, your 
your uh, Oprah Winfrey's. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've yeah. seen it in radio. Um, yeah. I've seen it across the board. How have you guys been navigating um, when it comes to inequity and pay? Well, <laughs> and establishing, you know, just really standing your ground with, with what you need to make. Well, let's just be honest. I mean, it's a lot of industries that no one is getting their just due. That's just yeah. mm -hmm. all across the board. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if we want to talk, you're talking about acting. That's one thing. Let's talk about comedy. Um, we, we perform in Los Angeles, um, do shows and get a check for $15. Yep. For $15. $20. Yeah, and people think it's a game when I say that. No, like, seriously. You literally will write your a check for maybe $20 and like here yeah. for your performance and they made about three. I used to let mine accumulate at a certain club till I at least had 80. Right. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'd go get them. And it's bad. You know what I'm saying? So and that you, still goes on? <laughs> Absolutely. But Absolutely. is that something that's negotiated on the front end? <laughs> or how does that work? So what they do is they, they tell you that it's opportunity at their, their They their always say opportunity. It's, oh, it's Los Angeles. You never know who's going to be mm. in there. So exposure. That's old Hollywood. That's yes. old LA. That doesn't even transition mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. like right now. You know, mm -hmm. be honest, like Coco will tell you, you need, you, you got to work, get you an agent, get you a, you know, a, a manager. A manager. You ain't even got to do that now. You just got to get enough commas above your name on social media. That too, but I'm just. The, so the social point. media plays a big factor that into the a, pay. A, That's the new gatekeeper. Yeah. Oh, but, wow. Social yeah. media's a new gatekeeper. You got you to gotta, you gotta do it. So, I mean, like, I mean. To shameless plug, but I, you got to come up with your own businesses. You got to come mm -hmm. up with your own brands. You have to come up with your own things to make money. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I was a, I was a barber. Um, I worked for the government. I own my own construction company. Mm -hmm. um, I've, uh, I own my own wine brand now. Mm -hmm. So I have things that's going for me that I don't need to, you know, to do certain things for money. Like now I can say no, no, I don't want to do that. That's not a good look for me. If you need money, you'll say yes to things that you really don't want to do. Right. You'll be in a mm -hmm. movie, you know, doing whatever. And it's like, why the hell did you do that? Well, look, I needed the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they so, said uh, dressing up like a woman. That's the big thing. I mean, they, they, however, how so they've been feel? doing that. Yeah, you guys, yeah. Yeah. Cat Williams I don't know. Said. We're the only race that does that. And if the other races in this business do, they don't let it leave the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Right. We're the only ones that put our discrepancies outside with everybody inside. Mm -hmm. We're the only ones that do that. Yeah. You How know? do you think he did that? Who, can? Mm -hmm. So we can be talking can't. about it right yeah. now. I mean, because <laughs> he can't. Because no, he can't. Talking controversy, crazy, and the man's been unhinged for years. Yeah. This is nothing new to us. We're yeah. like, oh, it's we were just, <laughs> <laughs> he got choked out by a twelve-year-old. He got put in the headlock by an eighth grader. And what? That was a two-hour special. Yes, of talking. Yeah, forty-six minutes. It was like watching Roots. You know, and I mean, none of us in the business. Worse, anybody that's, that's worth their salt in the business. Now, the new babies, they don't know. They, you know, right. when, we, when it came up, we was like, oh, cat on one again. You know, you know. He talking again, y'all. He talking again. Like, it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't anything. You know, it, it was a couple of times I was like, oh, oh, right. because there was certain stuff that I didn't know or whatever. But that's cat. Yeah, that's cat. That's cat. If cat got up there and started quoting Shakespeare, then I'd be concerned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, did he did this. He did this in previous, like a couple of years ago. Like he have his moments where he just jump out there and it's like a Kanye moment. Like oh, Kanye he's the Kanye show. of comedy. You got it. That's that, a perfect that is a analogy. perfect analogy. He is the Kanye of comedy. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he talked about, you know, uh, making a lot of money um, back to those inequities with you, Coco, being a woman. Yeah. You know, has it been different for you even getting money comparable to your male counterpart? Oh, God, yes. I mean, and don't let me get started on the social media comics. That, that you want me to headline, but this baby getting paid t- thousands and thousands of dollars more than me. You know they can't close this show, but you're you you know but you're going to give them three times as much. No, 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 no. Mm. No, they want that kind of money, they earn that money. I'll be going out doing my 15 and going back home. <laughs> Let them earn this money. No, you don't get to do that to me. You don't get to pimp me. Um, it's crazy as it seems, I've gotten more money going outside of my agents mm. than having it go through them. Sometimes you have to shake them because they get caught up in the whole, well, you know, your numbers aren't what they need to be, so we can't ask for this. Really, because this promoter over here gave me three times as much as that. It almost makes you think you even need the agent. I mean, you, you, to do certain clubs and venues, you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. It's a shame to say, but some of these bigger comedy clubs won't touch you unless you're coming through an agency. Mm-hmm. So I suck it up. But I also, on the other end, make up my money because I know when I deal with them personally and I let my assistant handle that contract, I'm going to get what I asked for, no questions asked. You're thinking and assuming I won't get it because, oh, well, Coco, you don't have a million followers, so they're not going to give you. Really? But then I go over here and get it. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of us who come from the game of, 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 of 20 years or plus, we have a hustle mentality that there's never not a plan B, plan C, plan D. We always know how to get what we want. Now, when it comes to Hollywood, yeah. You know, I'm probably one of the lowest paid people on 911. Let's keep it 100. Mm. You know, but I was a fan favorite. Okay. Didn't matter, you know, but... I, I didn't complain because what I was getting was suffice for me at that time, you know, and I got raises every year, so I didn't complain. Mm-hmm. But I know that out of all the reoccurring characters on that show, I'm sure I was probably one of the lesser paid ones. Yeah. You know, when I did, I think what irritates me is that with women, once you give us what you think we deserve, or we, or we uh, you know, you give us what we asked for and you've appeased us, they don't know how to continue to make that number grow. Mm-hmm. To hear that Sharon Stone, who got 500000 for Basic Instinct, which made her a star, mm-hmm. 25 years later, does a movie where some young kid comes in, is getting paid $10 million, and they offer her that same 500000 Wow. And she's staring, st- Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. You know, to know that Taraji... When she got all that money from Tyler to do that movie where he paid her her worth, and then fast forward to Color Purple, and she got offered the same money. Like, where's my growth here? Where's my raise? Where's my men? Y'all constantly keep giving them more commas. But it's like once you appease us as a woman, that's our cap. Yeah. You're going to keep offering us the same money. So, yeah, it sucks. You know, but at the same token, you have to ask yourself, okay, am I going to stand my ground, maybe not work, or am I going to get this money and look at it as a benefit that, hey, at least I'm getting this much? It's a choice you have to make. And you know what, Coco, you've built such a community of people around you that, um, you know, you've helped put on, uh, put on yeah, tours. Some appreciate it, some your, don't. Some could, you <laughs> could, you, it almost makes me think you could start your own agency. Oh, I would never. You would never? Mm-mm, I like to pick and choose who I deal with. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be tied in because of the money. <laughs> Ooh, some of them egos, honey, and, you know, the oh, muffin wow. and me would snap. Who are you talking oh, wow. to? Yeah. <laughs> and see, I already know, you know, as a woman, uh, Coco has dealt with a lot of challenges in, in this game. What challenges do you men face? Oh, man. That, that we may not know about. I mean, 
<laughs> you want to start? You got a lot more time it than me. It sounds like y'all got a long <laughs> list. It depends. Like, what, what, what are we associating it to? Like, you, you were talking about what? Like, so, like I deal with not getting paid my uh, worth right. or having to get put on a show These because I'm funnier, that. but the person that has more followers gets paid more than me or whatever. Like, you know, it's just, you know, the hate, the haters, you right. know. Well, so I had to deal with me being a young uh, comic uh, around uh, older comics that uh, are kind of stuck in the past. And Ageism. Ageism, and they don't want to recognize what's going on, so they want to, instead of embracing the new thing, they want to kind of try to mm-hmm. mess up what I have going on. Like, I did the show, this big show in Atlantic City. It's me, some more, uh, Bruce Bruce, Arnaz. Like, big, big show. I do, I'm blessed to do arenas and all this type of stuff, so um, I'm at the point now where I get booked for those shows, but I, of course, I have to go uh, go first on the show. And uh, a comic uh, tells, they're about to announce me, bring me out. So a comic that sees it, uh, he walks up and says, hey, do not introduce Skeet. Just let him go up cold in front of of these thousands, 10,000 people out there. Interesting. But I'm a professional. I'm a beast. I'm going to do what I do. Okay, y'all not going, oh, y'all going to introduce me? Okay, cool. Give me the mic. I go behind him. I start the whole show now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, y'all ready to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to build this whole thing. I need myself. y'all to make some noise. Yes, Atlantic City, are you ready? You know, da 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 Boom, boom. Yeah, listen, before we get this show started, I just got to make sure the energy's in the room. I do the whole thing. DJ, give us some music. All right, to start the show, man, your comedian coming to the stage. You've seen them all on Comedy Central. You've seen them all on Wild and Out. You've seen them in all these movies. Da, da, da. The Philly, Philadelphia's favorite comedian, also known as the side dude. Give it up. Make some noise. Ski, Carter. Boom, go crazy. Boom. He's mad now because they wouldn't even have gave me an uh, introduction like that. I had to put that thing the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Now I'm going to look at you. You're looking at Always me. a plan B. Always. Mm-hmm. And be able to do handle it professionally, yeah. do your thing, and then I'm going to just let you look at me. So it's been, it's been mm-hmm. years. Um, we finally got back on the same page. And he got to respect that, hey, bro, like you're really doing your thing, and I can't really knock you. Wow. But it's stuff like that because that can deter around. someone. That can make like, man, why they don't like me? Yeah, yeah. I gotta go through this. Why? Maybe the same for me. I you gotta let that go because they gonna never yeah, like you, especially if you're funny. Yeah, it's like especially in comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man, I, I, it's, it's a tough lot industry. of like stuff like that. But you stand, I stand my ground always. Um, I'm spiritual, like whatever your faith is. But you know, you, you pray on it. Work hard, be a hard worker. Have a goal that you want to work towards. Always gonna be things that come, but as long as you're working towards something, I think you, you can't go wrong. You know I what I'm saying? It. So just know what you want, and okay. that's the little stuff that you know we kind of go through. Or my my experience. I got you. What about you, Big V? Now, um, my biggest problem as of late is people try to pigeonhole me, mm-hmm. and it, it it pisses me off a lot because. I do understand I have an urban swag, an inner city vibe, and that's what my demeanor is. But they try to make me exclusive to only black crowds and black audience. Mm. Like certain clubs, they'll just, yeah. they're only going to book me when an urban act comes through. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I actually get a, I get a better response from white people than I do black people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like my, I leave white people Dude, I can't believe it. <laughs> I've been called dude so many times. Uh-huh. So I hate when they just think that, hey, I only rock for the folks. Like, I, mm-hmm. of course, they, my, they those are my people. They appearance, yeah. but not your jokes. Yeah, they don't understand. There's a, there's a real depth <laughs> like they judge you to the jokes that I do. Yeah. Mm. 
Exactly. They, there's a depth to the jokes that I do, and and it's a real intellectual. Like Coco said, like people wouldn't, wouldn't believe that I'm college educated. I probably was the smartest math student that the city of Newark, New Jersey, ever saw. So, like, I'm good with articulating my thoughts and ideas. So, put me in front of those different. I want different audiences. My I want to be made me do nothing but white rooms. Yeah, that's how when I started. When I first came out in the game, I couldn't white even rooms. do the white, white mainstream, mainstream rooms okay. oh, where eighty twenty is eighty percent other. Okay. And twenty percent, twenty. No, Fat Doctor wouldn't even let me touch the black rooms. Mm -hmm. like, is that a better <clears throat> training ground? Well, yeah. I mean, for me, it was. I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, it was because I can get booked for anything. I can do corporate. I can do church. I can do urban. Exactly. I can do, you know, uh, real urban. I can do corporate. Uh, I can do. I can do any anywhere any stage you put me on. I can adjust. Right. Because of that training. You know, there's a lot of comics I know been in the game 20, 30 years, and you try to put them in front of white folk, they fr they freeze. They're like deers in headlights. Can I ask you this? Because I, I love your your your, out, your outlook on this. I like to say that those white rooms give you the structure. Mm -hmm. Urban rooms give you the pace. Mm. Mm. Very, very, very good analogy. Very you know good. what I'm saying? My, very good. My thing, so Keith Robinson took me, I was killing it like in Philly, Tri-State, so Keith Robinson is in, uh, from Philly, but he's a New York comedian. He performs at, he's good with everyone, but he's in the mainstream rooms. He said, all right, man, you think it's funny? Come on up here to New York. Uh, I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm, I can perform in front of anybody, but I go in there, there's no DJ, there's no nothing. He's like, give it up for, oh, he made me use my real name, which was, that killed me. He's like, give it up for Israel. I said, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> right I'm, I'm dead. Like, I'm like, what the hell just happened? They think you about to sing a gospel song. Man, the, way I, the way I'm raised from my mother, like, I, I know how to code switch, so she taught me how to be, you know, I'm going to be me around my people, but in front of white folks, like, I, I, I handle myself totally different. Mm -hmm. So they brought me up as Israel. Now my mother's in my head. Like, don't, 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 don't be a nigga in front of these white folks. Right, right, so right, like, right, yeah, I'm right. Like, I'm using my interview voice. So, hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, like, how you doing? I said, that's how I talk to my people. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Keep uh, Robinson was like, what the hell? No, well, you can be yourself in front of them. They love it because it gives them a peek inside of our culture. Mm -hmm. That's what Jamie Foxx told me. Said, Seriously, be yourself in front of them. Oh, hell yeah. I just didn't know. It was new to me. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I, couldn't be a, I didn't know how to be me in front of, you know, them. Mm -hmm. and it, was, mm -hmm. it took a while. It took a while. It took me a couple mm -hmm. years. Well, you ready now. You ready now. Do you know? Speak. So after that happened, right? Mm -hmm. So Charlie and uh, Keith Robinson had me out in New York. Um, we went out there. So Charlie stopped talking. Whether that happened, I'm trying to. Y'all understand? Y'all laughing? It was bad. I couldn't talk. I was, so if I was saying titty or whatever my joke, I was like boobs, and I was like the like I you couldn't. Just cold switch all the way. All the way. So Charlie left me alone for about a year. He said, "Yeah, he ain't ready." Keith Robinson. They all was like, "Yo," he said, "We ain't gonna tell nobody none of this happened." I got. I went on the road. I got back. I did. I was just. I was like, "Yo, maybe it's not for me. I don't know what's going on." Is that when you were doing driveways? <laughs> <laughs> I got with Coco. We toured for about a year. Mm -hmm. We did Baltimore again. Mm -hmm. We did Baltimore again. I told Charlie, I said, hey, man. I remember I didn't talk to him for a year because he was just it was like, mm -hmm. he ain't got it. We toured for about a year. I built myself up. I'm, this, is, this, is my, this is my pace on stage. This is the punchline. This punch, boom, boom, boom. Charlie comes, he bring everybody. He said, um, I said, Charlie, come see me, me and Coco in Baltimore Comedy Factory. Um, he comes down there, he brings everybody uh, from the crime scene. That's the, what I, 
<laughs> everybody that was in New York mm-hmm. came to that show. Still got the pictures on my phone. They came out in the hallway. I didn't even know Charlie brought those people. He brought everybody. It was in the hallway. Everybody just did the slow clap. It was like, yo, mm-hmm. you are. This is a total three hundred and sixty. So tell Charlie I need my finders fee. Find <laughs> <laughs> yes. You got that training Get from that me. And that's when we start. We start working together again because of, and that's full circle. So Coco's responsible mm-hmm. just having that platform. We. I told you when you're on tour with someone and you're able to perform every night, mm-hmm. you're only going to get better. You're only going to get stronger. Yeah. Your flow, your pace, your everything, your confidence, just Putting everything 10, is going to be like that. So that's it. exactly what happened yeah. from, and yeah, that was all, Coco helped me, helped me with that, Amazing. man. Coco, sure you didn't help a lot of folks yeah. out. How do you feel when people give you your flowers? How does it feel? I mean, of course I feel good, mm-hmm. you know, but I also feel it's my obligation to reach back and help the next generation, yeah. those who want to be helped. Okay. Those you who know? want to be helped. There's not a lot of them that want to be oh, helped. Oh, honey, please. They claim they do. Some of them, you know, they look at us OGs, as they like to call us. Oh, OG, you just bitter. Oh, OG, I don't need your help. Oh, that's that's the old way of doing comedy. Oh, la, 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 la. And I'll just be like, okay, sugar. Yeah. Okay, sugar. Okay, sure. And like, yeah, it is a new era of of comedy. I refuse to say stand up Mm -hmm. because I know what real stand up looks like. But I'll say it's a new era of comedy Mm -hmm. and the industry is supporting it Mm -hmm. and encouraging it because it puts more money in their pocket. I get it. It's about money. But at the same token, if by some chance they change their minds. Mm-hmm. And decide that they they want to book real comedians who actually have sets. If they ever were to go back where you have to have that point of view, mm-hmm. where you have to have that tight 10 to do late night, if they ever go back to that, mm-hmm. oh, a lot of cats are going to crash and burn. Oh, wow. Because mm-hmm. they're not trained. You know, because they don't know that, honey, you can't get up there and try to translate a three-minute skit into a 45-minute yeah. set. Yeah. It's not going to work. Wow. You know, unless we up here watching theater. (laughs) (laughs) You've got supporting players. So, I mean, you know, I'm not knocking them. That's the era we're in right now. But just know when I look at these two guys, I know that if the game was to change tomorrow and by some chance it really actually went back to structure the craft, Mm -hmm. funny, they're going to survive. Yeah. You know, and if I was able to help them achieve that, then I've done my job. Amen. You know, I can walk away from this tomorrow and I know that I've put a footprint in this business because at least I've helped others achieve their goals. Yes, ma'am. Standing on business. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed all of you on the Verbally Effective Podcast. I've learned a lot. I'm not going to lie. I've learned a lot about this new era of comedy, mm-hmm. as you call it. Yeah. And before we go, I would love for you to tell the Verbally Effective audience a piece of advice for up and coming uh, comics and, you know, tell us about how you've um, gotten into different streams of income, as you said, it Skeet, with your brand. So we'll start with you, Skeet, then we'll go to Vino, then we'll end with Coco. Um, just to be quick, um, I, I I know that, you know, I won't get my just due as far as payment in every form when I'm doing certain things, as far as acting. Um, I'm, I'm on hold for a couple, like, TV shows and stuff like that, or just guest appearances. And the pay is... Horrible. Um, Horrible. But it's like, all right, I'm going to take this for opportunity to see me. So you need, like, oh, that's Ski Carter. I just see him on the show. And it's like, you like, oh, congratulations. It's like, but you don't even know that that was. Like you did that for lunch money. You know, yeah. It's crazy, yeah. right? So yeah. 
I love to do what I'm doing, so I want to continue to do that. So what I had to do is create uh, uh, things where I can generate money. You know what I'm saying? So I can really come out and spend my own money, come out and hey, pop up on Coco. Hey, I want to come. I want to just I'm rock out with y'all this weekend. You know, I want to talk to the owners at the club. I want to, you know, do whatever. I can do that because I'm blessed to have my own money. Because if I was waiting on Hollywood or these opportunities, I'd be, you know, outside laying in the ground outside in L.A. That's what a bunch of homeless people out there. They talented. Them people is. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's real talk, though. That's what I heard. When I used to go out there and feed the homeless when I lived in L.A., you would meet former lawyers, mm -hmm. doctors. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Actors out the yin-yang. Yeah. Singers out the yin-yang. They're not getting what they deserve. So uh, one of the things that changed my life is my wine. So I don't have a regular wine. I have a wine cocktail. It's called Rica Vino. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, it's a fruit forward wine. It's peach, mango, lavender, abstract, infused with Caribbean rum. So it's twenty five percent alcohol, which makes it a wine cocktail. I love it. Um, it's something that I came up with because uh, my my fan base is uh, women. It's a lot mm -hmm. of women, so I wanted to cater to them. You know what I'm saying? So either my women gonna buy it or the man gonna buy it for them. Okay. Um, I didn't like the fact that when ladies go to the club, they, they, they get they get in free, but they get to go to different guys' section. There's just a bunch of hard liquor there. Casamigos, Hennessy, mm -hmm. and all that. Man, you're too, you're too pretty to be drinking. Y'all look too good to be sipping on hen dog and all that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have something that these guys had to put in these sections now to, to, to cater to you. Something sleek, something Rica smooth. Rica Vino. You got to roll your tongue. You got to roll your tongue. Rica Vino. So that's what I have. So this is, uh, we're in deliver. Uh, I'm talking to distribution now they offered me a pretty penny but i said i knew i could get more let me okay. stand on business stand you know on what I'm business saying? so i said i'm gonna show you what numbers i do on my own and i've been from city to city state to state doing selling it slanging it rico vino. Rico vino. so um we're when i do when we do get distribution i think i'm only want to deal with black wineries i want to keep this in the black community so we'll do mm. each city we'll get I, i'm bottled by black oak wine tasting uh, wine tasting room so we do big festivals march night we have a festival coming up in philadelphia so if you follow you can get that, but I want D.C., I want Baltimore, I want Memphis, I want to go from state to state where you go to one spot and you go get your Rica Vino. We uh, mm -hmm. retail for $60 a bottle, um, so what I'll probably do for my black wineries is we'll have it, we'll probably give it to them for 50 and they make $10 off each bottle, so okay. give them my, you know, it's, so I'm about business, and we're going to start sponsoring different people. So and it's good. It's, 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 it's good. good. It's Delicious. Good. It's, grown, it's grown and sexy. It's grown and sexy, so okay. that, that's me, so that's what I do, and that's what I'm able to do um, to keep me afloat and get to do what I love to do mm -hmm. at, at my leisure. You okay. know what I'm saying? So gotcha. I recommend anyone in the business to find something that you can own, that you mm -hmm. can have that helps build you and carry you to that way you can make decisions on your heart and what you feel is best for you and not because you need to do it for fun. Yes, sir. Any advice for up and coming comics? Um, yes. Comedians, find a brand. Find some ownership. Mm -hmm. Find something that you can call yours that can mm -hmm. help you uh, provide for your family. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, you can do what you want, you know, with okay. this entertainment business because they don't love you. Okay. You love you. You know, that, that, okay. I don't know if that's a quote, but yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't love you. They don't care. Mm -hmm. And how can a verbally effective audience uh, keep up with your journey? How can we follow you and support you? You can follow Comedian Ski Carter on all social uh, media platforms at Comedian Ski Carter. Um, you know, put it in Google. All my films will come up and check that out. Uh, I'm in Secret Society, The Holiday Chance. Uh, I'm Heather. Uh, I'm, we, uh, oh, we're just dropping a hip hop a hip hop story that that comes out February 24th in AMC theaters mm -hmm. and a few other things. But um, and that's Rika Vino. Follow that on Rica social Vino. media as well. 
Thank you. Thank you. Okay, how about you, Big Vino? Um, tell us about all of your amazing streams of income and advice and how we can keep up with you. <laughs> you gave me a so I, know. So I can't. I can't talk about all the streams. No, I'm. I'm like they. Like she said, I'm on the road right now with Coco. I'm on the road with a couple people. So check for me for all dates. Uh, on like I, I sell a lot of stuff. I really do. I sell a lot of stuff, and most of it can be found on my website comedictherapy.xyz it, I, it's not dot com it's dot xyz I did that because you know life will beat you up but you gotta get the last laugh and if I get the xyz in then I won because okay. ain't nothing okay. after that alright so, come on Brandon come on Brandon so that's, that's, that's what I do comedic therapy xyz um uh big vino comedy on everything like all my dates anywhere like this is why I don't do crime anymore because my my schedule is posted, so they know where to find me. So it ain't like I could hide out for, you know, a couple months. Um, and any advice I would have for up-and-coming comedians is give up. Don't you like yourself? You don't want to be beating yourself up, chipping at your ego every day. You want to go home and like what you did. Because even when you do good, you, you, you feel like you're going to do better. Mm. You, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Follow your dreams. You talking to it. I'm just dying right now <laughs> on the inside because I know exactly who you're talking. Yeah, to. give up. Get, Let it go. Get your Let HVAC certification. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Devry is still in business. Oh God. You you could be the class of March. <laughs> but no, honestly, chase your dreams. Do what you can. Do you ain't stuck in your circumstances. And at all times, tell the people you love how you feel about them. Mm. Let them know. Be an example of it. Because you never know when it's going to be over. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Coco. Yes. All right. Um, You know, uh, for me, it's it's so much... um, Ooh, if I was to run down, you know, you guys can always find me at Coca Brown for Life. That's C O C O A Brown for Life.com. That has everything going on with Coca. It has my Coca Brown collection, the Coca Brown collection. Uh, that has the world famous minty toes. Ladies, if you wear your heels, put it on while you're doing your hair and makeup. You won't feel nothing once you put them heels oh, on I for a few those. hours. I got you tonight, girl. Yeah. Got you tonight. Uh, make sure you go check out my Coca's Cravables. Uh, they are clean and dirty edibles. I'll let you figure that out. Mm. There's CBD infused edibles and then the other edibles, all legally. Okay, you can check those out. Uh, the good thing is, anything that's sold off those websites, a portion of every sale goes to wigsoflove.org, which is my nonprofit organization, which helps women battling lupus. And we're trying to find a cure, but it also gives women uh, a new perspective that you are not lupus, that you are beautiful, and you are wonderfully made, even when you're battling this disease. So, check out Wigs of Love. Wigs of love.org we also take high quality wigs that we revampish for women and donate to women who've lost their hair due to lupus or chemo or radiation uh wow if you have a child that is interested in acting hit me up little oscars from stage Mm -hmm. to screen it's a personalized acting workshop where i work with your child and not only do i work with them but i also make sure they get in front of nickelodeon and disney once they're ready so if you have a child that wants to be in the business hit me up for little oscars uh from stage to to screen um dot com make sure you hit me up that and um 
You got to have multiple streams of income, you know, and uh, make sure y'all get my Southern Soul album when it drops. You know, I don't have a date yet because we're still in the studio, but it's going to be fun. Um, And see me on tour. Like I said, my calendar, Coca Brown for Life, C-O-C-O-A, Brown, the number four, life.com. Or you can just Google me, Coca Brown. Please don't forget that A. That's why I keep spelling it, C-O-C-O-A, Brown, because some porn star wanted to come out named Coca Brown and people be getting confused. (laughs) So. C O C O A Brown is me, okay. Um, and any what, what advice would I give to a young comic coming up? God, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm so real right now. Yes, please learn the craft. Get get under an OG. If you find someone who's been in the game for at least two decades, who is willing to give you the game to understand how to set up a joke, how to write a joke, how to deliver a joke, please do. But in the meantime, build your brand on social media because that's where they're going for the next big stars anyway they're not coming after the people with 40 141 credits they're going after the people on youtube so build your brand on social media whether it be tiktok youtube instagram facebook whatever but in the meantime while you're doing that please know what you're doing get with an og take some classes learn the craft because the last thing you want to do is how to scam scramble to get ready when you could have always been ready okay all right all right well thank you all so much for joining me yet again on the verbally effective podcast this has truly been an honor and a pleasure to learn about your business and some of the things that you guys go through so um i know we have a lot of people in our audience that are trying to attain what you guys are doing right now so (laughs) this is great motivation for them and some great advice so thank you once again big shout outs to skeet carter big vino and coco brown thank you so much for having us yes and thank you all for tuning in yet again to the verbally effective podcast make sure you hit that subscribe follow as well as on that Ina Esco YouTube channel. I'll see you guys next week.